This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and join today. I'm your host, Jay Scott, and I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we have a great episode with Scott Graham of Walden, Colorado and North Park Anglers. Scott uh, is the Orvis 2015 Outfitter of the Year, and um, he produces some of the best uh, fishing pictures on Instagram, and uh, I've got uh, several mutual friends that know Scott Graham very well, and uh, I look forward to talking with him about his uh, operation up there in Walden and and all the tactics and techniques that uh, are used in the area, streamer fishing and dry fly fishing, and um, it's going to be a great episode. I want to thank our sponsors, uh, GoHunt.com Insider. Uh, for their support of the title sponsorship of this podcast. Uh, go check them out at gohunt.com forward slash insider. Uh, an interesting um, story that came across today on gohunt.com is the Wyoming Super Tag Raffle raises $641,950 uh, for wildlife in Wyoming. Um, it's a uh, it says here a total of 50,485 raffle tickets were sold this year and separate raffles were held for each big game species. So I want to also remind you about uh, the Arizona Big Game Super Raffle. Um, the deadline is coming up here on uh, July 10th. The mail orders are due and on the online sales end on the 12th of July at 10 p.m. Uh, the, there's some great hunts that you can win and it's a great support for our state and the animals that we love to hunt. I also want to thank Deadeye Outfitters. Um, they are a hunting lifestyle company, apparel company, and uh, they do a, a great job creating real high quality images uh, on their sh uh, shirts, t-shirts, and hoodies. They, they have the license to uh, create all the Boone and Crockett apparel. So uh, help support Boone and Crockett because uh, you know that is the one of the leading hunting conservation organizations in the country. And I know Dead Eye is uh, excited to be a part of of Boone and Crockett apparel. And I just want to thank uh, Dead Eye Outfitters for stepping up and being an additional sponsor of this podcast. They have offered a promo code JSCOTT. If you type that in when you order, you will get 10% off of your order. And uh, uh, that is uh, a great way to uh, support a great company that, that, that is, they're all hunters. Every one of them is a hunter. And um, uh, what a better way to support hunting by uh, buying uh, lifestyle apparel, uh, hunting apparel gear, and, and uh, supporting hunters. So. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for your support of this podcast. Uh, I, I'm recording this on July 8th. Uh, there's, uh, everybody's getting excited for their doll sheep, stone sheep uh, hunts that are all kicking off uh, here this month and next month and um, a bunch of archery deer hunts and archery elk hunts and 
all the hunts coming up this fall. So it's uh, shaping up to be another great fall and a great magical time that we all look forward to uh, taking part in. So guys, let's get right to the episode. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we're fortunate to have Scott Graham. Scott Graham is a fly fishing guide out of Walden, Colorado. He operates uh, North Park Anglers. And uh, Scott Graham, uh, North Park Anglers, was just recognized as the 2015 Orvis Outfitter of the Year. Uh, uh, Scott's got a great operation up there in the Walden area, and we're excited to talk to him today about the fishing opportunities that he has up in that area. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jay. Thanks for having me. Scott, why don't you start out by telling uh, the listeners uh, where you're located and, and maybe where uh, where your location is in reference to, say, Denver and uh, Rocky Mountain National Park and maybe some of the other areas that, that people would be familiar with. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, we are located in North Park, uh, which is in north-central Colorado, uh, right along the Continental Divide on the Front Range or Eastern Front. We are about two and a half hours northwest of Denver. Uh, we are directly uh, 100 miles west of Fort Collins. Um, and to the west of us is Steamboat Springs. Uh, south of us would be Granby and Winter Park. And to the north of us is Laramie, Wyoming. The uh, uh, Wyoming border is actually the, the northern rim of our county, Jackson County. Okay. And, Scott, um, most people that would come up and fish with you if they were flying into, say, Denver, uh, how would they go about accessing Walden uh, by way of vehicle? There's a couple ways uh, to get here real easy. Uh, one would be from Denver heading directly west on I-70 uh, and, and going Berthoud Pass uh, through Winter Park in Granby and then Highway 125 between Granby and Walden. That's about uh, three hours from DIA, maybe about two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes from Denver. Uh, but you definitely want to avoid the... Uh, mountain traffic on Fridays and Sundays. So, um, I, you know, in that time frame, we send people up either through Laramie, Wyoming, or Fort Collins, uh, which is uh, mileage-wise just a little bit further, but if you're avoiding traffic, it can save you some time. Awesome. And, um, you know, I haven't been up to fish with you, nor have I been to Walden yet, uh, but we have mutual friend Giannis Patelis. Uh, producer at the Meat Eater, and I, I believe you used to guide with Giannis over in the Eagle River Valley, and um, you guys are, are good friends, and I know you do a bit of hunting and do a bunch of fly fishing. Um, what brought you to the Walden area? Uh, what drew you to that area? You know, it was, um, I was in school at uh, Colorado State University, and the uh, spring semester was coming to a close, and uh, didn't know what I was going to do for that summer and, and just happened to be a, a little uh, ad in the school paper that said fly fishing guide in Walden, Colorado. And throughout my entire childhood, my parents, my father and my grandfather had brought me to Walden uh, to fish at, at some of the local reservoirs. So I knew the area. I knew it was good fishing and and I had fly fished my entire youth and Never really thought about being a guide, but when the opportunity presented itself, it, it felt natural to me. And uh, so I, I jumped on it and never left. 
That's awesome. And um, what type of fishing does the Walden area uh, have and what kind of guided trips and such do, do you see yourself doing or what do you do on an everyday basis? You know, so we are we are located at the headwaters of the North Platte River. Uh, so um, the North Platte starts here in the center of our valley, uh, but we have a very unique and, and diverse fishery in that we have everything uh, in this one bowl. Um, uh, our valley is 60 miles long and 30 miles wide, and we're completely surrounded by mountains, uh, which is, is, the scenery is beautiful, and there's only about 1,200 residents in the entire county in this million-acre valley. Um, and so we've got uh, high mountain lakes that completely surround the valley, and from the high mountain lakes, we get a lot of different drainages that are, are flooding down into uh, the valley and create these beautiful meadow streams. Uh, there's about 12 main meadow streams uh, that, that stem in every direction, and they all meet up in the center of the valley and start the North Platte. Uh, and then we have the North Platte through the valley, about 20 miles of it, uh, that's just a giant meadow stream. And at the very north end of our county, the North Platte goes through uh, what's called Northgate Canyon, where we have an 18-mile-long wilderness uh, area that uh, is is rugged canyon as, as we have in Colorado uh, with class five rapids and, and just uh, beautiful scenery and great fishing. So uh, our fishery is very diverse. We've got everything from, you know, high mountain lakes to, to alpine streams, a little bit bigger meadow streams, uh, and, and all the way to the canyon, which is, you know, the big river that we float in rafts and more typical uh, of like the Gunnison Gorge and things like that. Um, we also have, uh, are very fortunate to have um, some very good stillwater fisheries. And in Colorado, there's a handful of uh, really awesome, you know, shallow, uh, what we call sagebrush lakes that grow trophy trout. Um, and here we have Lake John and the Delaney Butte Lakes, uh, which combine are four awesome, uh, you know, stillwater fisheries that attract anglers from all over the country as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I've seen some of the fish pictures um, over the years that you post on uh, Facebook and, and on your website and such, and you guys definitely have some giant trout. Going back to what you were saying about the meadow streams, now what I take that as is kind of meandering, S-hooking kind of uh, – uh, just running through hayfield type uh, areas, uh, maybe hopper fishing. Can you allude a little or go into a little bit about the uh, meadow streams that you're talking about? Yeah, they uh, exactly what you're saying. Um, this uh, valley, uh, the valley floor here is completely covered with um, ranches that, uh, you know, are, are large hay meadows. Basically, this entire valley is one large hay meadow. And, uh, this entire valley is flood irrigated. And these meadow streams wind through these hay meadows. And the very, you know, the, the, the unique thing about it is that uh, all of the ranchers, you know, flood their fields. And this, that could sort of be a double-edged sword as far as, you know, being good for the fishery and, and tough for the fishery. But for us, we think it's it's the reason why our fishery is so good. Um, in, the, in the spring, when the water is, uh, our you know, the ice is melting and the snow is melting and the rivers are, are gaining speed. Uh, the ranchers turn these irrigation ditches on and they flood their meadows. And those meadows sort of, 
act like a, a giant filter and, and they, they clean, not only do they clean the water and give the sediment a place to settle, but uh, at the same time, they warm the temperatures. And as the water returns to the rivers, it not only is it coming in at a more optimal temperature for trout to be happy to feed, it's also carrying tons of food such as leeches and and worms and, and just other things that are, are living in these fields, uh, a lot of mice um, and just, just a lot of biomass for the fish to really start eating sooner than they would in, in the typical situation of a freestone system. Um, as far as, uh, you know, stuff that we use for the fish and to catch the fish in the meadow streams, uh, I would say, you know, it's uh, early season, it's, it's a meat fishery. Um, before runoff, you know, when the ranchers really start to turn their irrigation on, we're throwing a lot of worms, a lot of leeches, a lot of crayfish patterns, um, a lot of streamers. Uh, the fish are, are happy because the water temps are up. The rivers are generally bankful or a little flooded, but the rivers are clear. Um, so, you know, bigger patterns uh, seem to work really well. But uh, as the ranchers start to cut these hay fields and, and turn irrigation off and start, and the, you know, the fields really dry up, uh, we get a lot of hopper action. We get a lot of uh, ant and beetle action. Uh, there's a lot of willows that are are incorporated in the in the meadow streams, and the amount of you know spiders and bees and and different bugs that live in the willows uh, that fall into the river is pretty astonishing. And and it's amazing, uh, you know, what the trout eat, you know, other than just you know the bugs that hatch and 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 hoppers. So they're pretty opportunistic feeders, and I would assume with all of that uh, feed that you're talking about, the fish get big. Um, is the fishery primarily half and half rainbows and browns, or, or what, what type of fish do you have there? You know, it's, it's um, I would say park-wide, it's, it's very diverse, but as far as the meadow streams go, it's, it's definitely a brown trout fishery. Uh, the the Colorado Parks and Wildlife does stock rainbows along the North Platte, um, but they don't stock any of the meadow streams. And I think it was uh, in the late 70s when um, the Colorado Division of Wildlife decided to stop stocking the North Platte um, in the canyon um, and then in these tributaries as well. And they're just kind of, you know, non-native wild trout fisheries. And because of the irrigation, um, you know, our water temps get pretty warm here in the valley. And so the brown trout uh, seem to do very well, but the rainbow trout are, are more susceptible to, you know, um, not doing as well in, in the warmer water temperatures. Um, but as you climb uh, up the meadow streams to where they're more alpine streams, we have a lot of brook trout, some cutthroats. Um, and then down in the canyon where it seems to get a lot more shade, the rainbows uh, definitely thrive down there. That's great. And, Scott, you have private water, private meadow streams, private lakes also, I assume, that you fish. But is there a fair amount of public access for those listeners that uh, just want to come up and enjoy the Walden area? Are there are there public put-ins and takeouts or, or walk-and-wade type areas? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, it's uh, as far as a public fishery goes, it's it's you know really I'm not going to say undiscovered, but it's 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 um, it hasn't been publicized uh, like some of the other places in the state. And so, as far as like, uh, un until the 
50 million people that listen to my podcast yeah. hear this. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. Um, so there's not a lot of maps. There's not a lot of signage. Um, and with kind of the onset of, you know, the new mapping uh, software and, you know, phone applications, we're, you know, uh, anglers are, are getting a better idea of where this stuff is. But really and truly, this park is about two-thirds public land. And there is a lot of um, access. Now, all of it is, you know, not great year round. Uh, you definitely need to know when to go. But there is, you know, a ton of great public fishing um, when you look at this park as, as a whole. Um, I think that an angler could fish here every day in the summer and always be seeking new waters. You know, I've been here for, uh, this will be my uh, 13th season and Every year I find stuff that I haven't, I'm like, wow, I cannot believe that I, you know, have not fished this area yet. Um, so it's That's awesome. there's a it lot of public like... water. It's very diverse. As far as floating goes, uh, in the valley here itself, there is no put-in and takeouts. It's, it's completely private. Um, there are some public areas that you could wade fish, um, but there's really no floating. But as you get into the canyon right at the north end of our valley, uh, like I said, there's an 18-mile wilderness area, and uh, you can put in at North – there's Northgate uh, route boat launch at the top, and then there's a 10-mile float down to 6-mile gap. Uh, at 6-mile gap, you've got another 10 miles down to Prospect Creek, um, and then from Prospect Creek, you go 18 miles to Bennett Peak. Um, from Bennett Peak, you go 13 miles down to Treasure Island, and then another 15 miles to Saratoga. So – you know, there is a lot of great floating uh, along the North Platte just north of us. Wow, that sounds unbelievable. And all fish, fishing water, I mean... It's all, you know, know, all the way to I-80, really, past Saratoga, another 30 miles. Um, it's great trout water. Uh, I would say the canyon stretch is um, about 20 miles long, and then you get into these big ranch lands uh, down towards the Saratoga Valley that are you know, lined with cottonwoods, um, about 1,500 feet lower elevation than where, where we are now. Um, but all the way to the town of Saratoga is, is classic trout, you know, blue ribbon fishing. What is the altitude for Walden? Uh, we are sit right, uh, right at the valley floor is 8,000. And our, you know, highest peaks surrounding are, are 12, 9. So, I mean, even in the summer and the hot temperatures, uh, 8,000 feet, your nights, you cool off really we, nice. We um, do. You know, I would say by the first or second week of August, we've, we've had our first freeze, and the mosquitoes are going away, and uh, water temps are getting cooler day by day. Um, every year, I would say that the heat of our summer is like that last two weeks of July. Um, but then we start <clears throat> really cooling down big time come August 15th. So what are we looking at right now? Is it already fishing well or are, is your prime season in front of you? And can you walk through kind of the situation that we're in now there and what you anticipate, say, over the next uh, couple of months? Yeah, you know, um, Colorado's got crazy weather, as we all know. Um, in, in general, uh, if I guess if you looked at, you know, an average, um, we're, we're a little bit behind, maybe a week or two, but our river is sort of, uh, peaking as we speak and, and on its way down, um, fishing in our smaller meadow streams is very good, uh, cause the water is, is 
a little, you know, bank full, um, crystal clear, and it's getting that irrigation return. And the North Platte is is big, um, but at the same time, it's on the way down and it's clearing. And this river is is just uh, it fishes really well um, at, after the peak and as it's coming down, especially in that canyon area. Uh, because of the the structure along the banks, um, streamer fishing to the banks, and uh, we get the salmon flies, and, and now we're moving into golden stones, and soon we'll have green drakes, and um, so I would say right now our, as far as our river fishing goes, we're we're we just peaked, and we're everything from from today forward looks awesome. It's just going to get better and better uh, until about mid to late July. And then it, we kind of hit our su summer doldrums, um, and that's when we sort of seek the alpine streams. Um, we'll start to fish some of the high country lakes for a couple weeks, uh, and then we'll get back on the streams oh, come the first, second week of August uh, once we start getting those cooler nights and our temperatures come down. And then we sort of head into trico season, uh, and after trico's bluings and, you know, the September and October fishing up here with the amount of brown trout we have and brook trout is, is fabulous. Um, as far as our lakes um, are concerned, you know, right now we're we're finishing with the coronamid hatch, which is super popular with our stillwater anglers, uh, and we're sort of transitioning into calabatus and damsels, and we'll ride that into mid-July, and then the terrestrial fishing gets uh, insanely good at the lakes as well. Um, and then same thing, the lakes are, are a little tough towards the end of July, and they really start to pick up again uh, first couple weeks of August when, you know, things start cooling off and, and uh, uh, water temps get more favorable for the fish. Do you uh, have streamer fishing opportunities kind of all summer long, or would you say more like right now and and, and before the water really drops, what, what's you know, your yeah, take? Yeah, I, I would say because of the way that our trout feed, we always have streamer fishing. Um, the streamer fishing is really good right now. Anytime the rivers are kind of swollen, uh, you know, it seems to me like a lot of the fish in the uh, meadow streams, which is, you know, makes up most of the water in the valley, live in these big cut banks. And when the rivers get low or lower, you know, those browns, will kind of hide in the cut banks until it's time to eat and they'll come out, you know, and eat and go back in. Whereas this time of year when the rivers are big, they feel more comfortable to be out and about uh, and give you more opportunity. Um, so I think the streamer fishing, you know, is, is definitely there's an opportunity for it year, you know, from April until we freeze in, in late November, early December, but definitely, you know, um, Early, uh, late May to, to early to mid June is fabulous uh, streamer fishing, and then again September October. Awesome. So let's talk a little streamer fishing, as I know you like to do. Um, what is your go-to color? And 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 let's just talk in generalized terms, um, maybe for your for your water there. And then maybe would it change if, say, you're on the Eagle or the Roaring Fork or some of the other uh, Colorado rivers? What is your favorite color? Yeah, for me, it's white. Um, and for a couple reasons, really. One, because I can see the fly, so I can see how it's reacting to, um, you know, the, the current conditions or flows. Um, 
And I, I just feel like these fish eat so many bait fish that, that white's a color that they look at uh, quite often. Um, and then, you know, I throw a lot of uh, yellows and browns and, and olives and uh, and black too. But for me, you know, white is, is definitely my favorite. Um, and, you know, before I'll switch colors, I kind of switch size and weight. I, I really feel like, you know, White's my go-to. It's where I always start. And a lot of the guys that work for me, you know, they, we all have our go-to patterns and uh, colors. But, you know, white across the board seems to be one of our better patterns. Um, across and, the state, and, you know, I've when I uh, was on the Eagle and Roaring Fork Rivers, I used a lot of white there as well uh, and seemed to do really well. Um for me, I think when the river uh, is big and, and those fish are, are out and kind of have their guard down, um, you know, something I, that I do uh, and a lot of guys do is I, I like to use something big and flashy up front and something small and uh, more subtle and behind it. I feel like that, you know, the bigger, brighter fly is going to grab their attention. Um, and, you know, when I fish a single big fly, I feel like a lot of times I get fish to come check it out but I don't necessarily get a lot of fish to eat. Um, and, and if I hang that smaller presentation back behind there, I, I feel like they'll come see and investigate that big fly, but they have no problem eating that smaller one. So you might throw a, a big kind of white flashy um, streamer, and then you might like 15 inches back or so, you might throw kind of a smaller kind of a maybe a, a, a olive or a kind of a more natural bait fish looking color Definitely. and and kind of a smaller wispier uh, little kind of morsel of a fly. Exactly. You know, I, I, my, one of my favorite rigs is uh, like a size four, you know, conehead white bugger and uh, you know, 15 to 18 inches behind it, I'll have a, a size, you know, 12 or 14 olive bugger. Um, and do you find on that setup most of the most of the hookups are in the mouth and on the second fly? Yeah, definitely. Um, and do you think that most of the time that white one actually got their attention, but they just went ahead and hit the smaller one? Yeah, you know that's that's my thinking. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times when you're floating and and uh, you know the fish are stuck on the banks, I I think the fish will be chasing that top fly, and then you you know you hook them anywhere with that that second fly um, but when we're wade fishing and we have a better presentation um, I think that bigger front fly definitely grabs their attention uh, and and it it just seems to me that every time they eat that smaller second fly yeah um, I love streamer fishing um, Scott do you uh, I think I know the answer to this um, but do you notice um, a certain condition as far as sunny or cloudy uh, streamers working better or worse, and why? I definitely do, and I, I think um, I think on the average, you know, sunny days are tougher and, and cloudy days are better. Um, but I think that water temperature and clarity has a lot to do with that. Um, if it's, you know, for us, our river is always a little stained. Um, whether it has something to do with irrigation or just the silt that we have here, I'm not sure. But um, for us, on a really sunny day, uh, the streamer fishing is, is generally not as good. And it, it can be um, fairly decent on, you know, just dead drifting streamers, uh, a more subtle presentation. But as far as slapping the banks and ripping it back, 
Um, you know, on a, on a bright, sunny day, you know, we seem to struggle with that sort of presentation. Whereas a cloudy day or late in the day or real early in the day, the fish, I feel like, are definitely, um, you know, more apt to, to chase further, uh, to really leave their whole, their lie and, and come investigate, um, you know, with, with more reckless abandon than they would when it's bright and sunny and, you know, the opportunity for predators or, or, or anyone or anything to really, you know, um, see them, you know, letting their guard down is, is better. So, uh, I definitely feel like when it's a bright, bright, sunny day that the streamer, um, for me is not as good. Um, I do, you know, sort of feel like on the sunnier it is, the darker colors and the darker it is, the brighter colors. Um, but you know, if I kept a log over the last 10 years, I, I think that would all even out anyway. Yeah, sure. Um, with this golden stone hatch that you, the salmon flies are done, uh, in your area, correct? Yeah. And with this go- golden stone coming on, um, what is your favorite, uh, imitation, uh, dry fly pattern for that golden stone? You know, um, we, we there's a lot of really good, uh, foam patterns that the different companies have. Um, <clears throat> for me personally, I like a, a golden or, or yellow stimulator. I don't think you can get any better than that. Um, it's a real fluffy presentation. Uh, and, you know, the all of these stoneflies, when they're on the water and, and susceptible to trout, are doing anything and everything they can to get out of the water. So they're a real active bug. So, you know, that, that displacement of the deer hair um, uh, on the stimulator really represents that pattern well. Um, some of the foam stuff, uh, that we use with, from Montana Fly Company and, and Solitude Fly Company works really well too, but, uh, a lot of those patterns I feel are just too spot on, uh, and I, I think the more subtle look of that stimulator, uh, for us here, it makes that fly work so much better. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, I like fishing a stimulator also. What size typically are your golden stones? Obviously they're pretty big. Yeah, they're what, what size? 10 and 12. Okay. Okay, and then um, I hear you say you have a green drake hatch. Typically, on a on an average year, how long does your green drake hatch uh, last? It, not uh, not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> it never is, is it? You know, it's you know, like the salmon flies. We say June second. Give it a week or two, they're going to happen. And, and same with uh, green drakes. It's July fourth for us. Uh, and I would say until you know, we get if weather is okay. Um, around, you know, we get, we get about seven to 10 days of it and then it just kind of peters. Um, but when they come off, I mean, they just, they reward us as anglers, I guess, because they're, they're so big and beautiful and the fish are just, uh, clueless and they love to eat them. Yeah. Green Drake, the good green Drake hatch is pretty hard to beat. Speaking of the green Drake hatch, uh, um, so what I found a lot of times is green Drake's, um, will come off, uh, say 10 to 10 to two. And then a lot of times, uh, in the evening again, right at dark. Um, how do you approach your green Drake fishing as far as if the adults are not on the surface of the water yet? Um, do you fish like a, a cripple and a, and a, a merger of some sort, or do you go, um, straight nymphing until the hatch starts or what do you do? Yeah, I would say it's, it's, um, it's different for, I guess the, the clients that are, that are fishing with us that day. Um, but 
in general for us here, um, prior or we generally our PMDs are and, and yellow sallies are coming off pretty strong early and we can get a few fish, uh, fishing a PMD, uh, and a, uh, yellow sally in tandem. Um, if, if I've got clients that, that really need to catch fish and they care less about getting them on the dry until the hatch really gets going, um, you know, nymphing a, a prince nymph, uh, and a, a pheasant tail, uh, real high in the water column is hard to beat. You know, those fish are, they know that that hatch is happening. Uh, the nymphs are working their way, uh, to the surface and, and sort of like the salmon fly hatch, you know, you know, right before the bugs really start coming off, I think is when the fish are eating the strongest. Um, and, and the same with the green drakes. I feel like if I can talk somebody into doing a little nymph fishing, you know, not far below the surface in that first three feet of the water column, uh, you know, with a, a prince nymph and a pheasant tail or some of the better green drake patterns, they're going to catch a lot of fish. Absolutely. I love that time when the fish are really, you know, suspended and really keyed in on the nymphs. And, um, you know, you mentioned something there, uh, PMDs. Um, I'd like to hear about your favorite PMD pattern. And then, you know, something to me that I've never been good and been able to pinpoint is the yellow sally hatch. You know, I see the sallies coming off, but it, it seems as though I've never really found a uh, the adult, the, the, the dry fly yellow sally that they really key in on. Can you give me some advice there? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm in that same arena with you. You know, I've 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 seen killer caddis hatches. <clears throat> I've seen killer PMD hatches, blueing olives, you know, the whole gamut. Uh, I can't say that I've ever, you know, been in a blizzard yellow sally hatch. Um, but I, I do see a lot of them on the water and I know that, that the fish here, um, do eat them. And there's days when, you know, the fish are rising like crazy and I'll feed them, you know, a PMD and a caddis because those bugs are coming off too and they won't take it. And it's the yellow Sally that does the trick. So I don't feel like it's ever, you know, kind of a staple, but there's times during the day when, um, you know, the fish, definitely uh either key in on that or you know they're they're kind of in between feeding and but they will take a yellow sally you know i'm not sure but um it's definitely something that uh i carry on a daily basis and use a lot and the pattern you use for the adult yellow sally does it have a little red little red tail usually yellow yellow body with a little red tail yeah you know the best thing um for me again is a stimulator but I just take a yellow stimulator and, and I tie a red butt on it. Um, okay. So I just buy a... And pretty small, right? Yeah, uh, 14s and 16s. Yeah. And I just take a, just put a hot butt with red, you know, 10 turns of, of red thread, you know, at the end of the fly, and it seems to just work just fine. Uh, it's good oh, as any of the, you know, patterns that, that I've found. Well, that, that's something I need to try because I like fishing stimulators. I like the way they float in the water, and I like uh, like what you're saying with the deer hair being kind of displaced. It does, I think, give a good um, y- you know, look to the fish, and certainly stimulators catch a lot of fish, so I'll have to try that. On I, I noticed down here in the Roaring Fork Valley when those sallies come off, it seems like it's just sunny and bright mm-hmm. and hot. All of a sudden, the sallies pour off, and you know, I, I can honestly say I've, I've 
not had a lot of success fishing when there's tons of sallies pouring off, but I'll have to try that uh, yellow stimulator with a little bit of a red bud on yeah, it. Yeah, it's, um, it's nice, and it you know you just take take the stimulator right off the shelf and just put it in your vise. Like I said, ten turns of red thread and some glue, and it's, <laughs> it's it works pretty good. Oh. Talk to me about your fly shop and where your fly shop is located uh, in in the area there. Okay, we um, we're located in Walden, and Walden is the um, at the very center of our valley. And it's the county seat. Um, we are right on Main Street. You can't miss us. There's uh, the town of Walden only has 500 residents. I think there's only a max of 10 businesses here, so you can't miss the building with a huge trout and and antlers all over the front of it. Um, right in the middle of town. Uh, we have uh, a massive fly selection. That's sort of our staple um, and what we're trying to uh, be visible as having one of the better fly selections in the state. But we carry everything. We're an, an Orvis dealer. We are an Orvis endorsed outfitter, um, but we carry, you know, everything from Scott fly rods to Nautilus reels and uh, Sims waders and, you know, all the great Orvis product as well. Um, and we, we buy flies uh, from all of the fly manufacturers, and we've got a, a great staff of fly tires that work here in the store that tie bugs every day as well. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of our motto here at, at North Park Anglers is, is friendly advice. Uh, we want people to come into our store and, and to our valley and really feel like they could come in and, and ask us anything and that, you know, we are going to do our best to give you not only the best information uh, and, and most accurate, up-to-date information, you know, but uh, a, a friendly, uh, in a friendly manner and, uh, and to make you feel comfortable to, you know, ask the questions and, and figure out where the good fishing is because, you know, we don't, we, we want, we understand that, uh, you know, this is a big valley and to find, you know, a good, you know, place to fish is, can be tough and, and, this is one of those places that I think, you know, five out of 10 people that come here don't come back because, you know, they, they end up on the wrong stream or the wrong lake at the wrong time. And when you have such a big valley and such a diverse fishery, um, it's, it's nice to have a place to go and, and get pointed in the right direction. Um, and, and in the end, I think that turns out, uh, turns into more guide trips for us and more business. So, We've got six guys that work full time, and we run um, float trips, wade trips, uh, private water, public water uh, every day um, while we're here. And we've got lodging options available, um, and uh, pretty much can you know anybody that wants to come here and, and fish, we can point them in the right direction in, in one shape or the other. Absolutely. How, how do people get a hold of you, Scott? Uh, website, you know, the best Facebook, is definitely yeah. the website or our Facebook or Instagram. You know, we're we're really visible on the social media. But our website, NorthParkAnglers.com, uh, is great. We update our fishing report, um, you know, pretty much daily during the season. Um, and, and our phone number, uh, feel free to call nine seven zero seven two three four two one five. Uh, you know, we're open every day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And Facebook, it seems like these days, um, you know, that's the easiest way for people to shoot us a quick and easy question uh, without having to pick up a phone and, and call. You know, uh, every day we get different threads going on about 
you know, how the canyon's fishing or what the lakes are doing or, you know, when is the ice coming off or have we peaked yet? And uh, so it's just kind of like a, 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 a daily constant update of, you know, conditions and uh, what's happening. That's great. Um, Scott, I know you also like to hunt too. Um, have you drawn any tags uh, or do you have any upcoming hunts that you're looking forward to? Yeah, you know, I do. Um, we, about 10 years ago, our deer herd took a, a pitfall um, from a couple bad winters in a row. And uh, in the last five years, our mule deer population has jumped through the roof. I think it's as healthy as it's ever been. And uh, I finally drew uh, a mule deer tag here for fourth rifle season. So I'm super stoked about that. And uh, my boss... With the uh, dates are that or what? Mid-November, right, during yeah, the rut? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's um, I think the date's the 11th, November 11th through the 15th. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's perfect. Our deer migrate north to Saratoga. Um, but before they migrate, they, you know, they rut in a few select areas. And I ha hope to hang out there for a little while this fall and and uh, find a nice buck. Awesome. Well, yeah, I hope you get a nice one, and uh, hopefully you get a lot of nice snowy weather and move, move those deer so they're real visible for you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you uh, coming on with us and telling us about uh, your valley and the fishing, and, you know, I've admired the, the pictures for years and look forward to getting up there one of these days, and uh, I wish you the best on your hunt and uh, just uh, uh Thanks for, um, you know, continuing to post and doing all the things that you do on social media. I know you stay up to date with it, and I think that's important. Yeah, well, thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. I had a great time, and uh, all the best to you, and um, look forward to talking to you again. All right, buddy. You take care, okay? All right, you too. Thanks, Jay. All right, take Bye. care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the J. Scott Outdoors Western Big Game Hunting and Fishing Podcast, brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more, go to gohunt.com forward slash insider and join today.